Well, good morning. <clears throat> you know, probably <clears throat> the most recognizable Christian hymn of all time is undoubtedly, what, Amazing Grace. It's been recorded by a variety of artists over the years, including secular artists like Elvis Presley and Aretha Franklin, Willie Nelson, the Grateful Dead, believe it or not, and of course, the Vienna Choir, a, a boys' choir. It was a top 40 hit for Judy Collins in the 1960s, and it was even played, maybe you remember this if you're a Trekkie, at, uh, uh, at, during, uh, at Spock's funeral on bagpipes. Remember that, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan? How many of you saw that movie, a few of you? Nobody? Nobody's willing to admit it? Oh, I saw that hand, Jim. I saw that hand, our youth pastor. Um, but if you don't like the original melody, because sometimes you feel like, oh, I've heard that song so many times. It's, you hear it all the time. If you don't like the original melody, the words to Amazing Grace can also be sung to other popular songs. It can be sung to the, the tune of Green Sleeves, you know, What Child Is This? It can be sung to uh, the verses, not the, uh, the, the chorus, the verses of the Eagles hit, Peaceful, Easy Feeling. It can be sung to the animals, House of the Rising Sun, and even to the theme of the popular kids' show from way back in the day, Gilligan's Island. It was a camp favorite when I was a kid. And um, we're going to try, it's the summer, okay? And uh, Paul and I thought we would do something fun. Paul, maestro, come on out. He looks excited. He looks really excited to do this. It, it was his idea. No, it was, yeah. um, but, you know, uh, Martin Luther in the 1500s, what he would do is he wanted to connect with the culture and the people, especially the men. And so he would take bar songs and he would put Christian lyrics to them, like Immortal, Invisible God. That's a, that's a drinking song. He took those songs and he put Christian lyrics to them. So we're going to try this with... Uh, the House of the Rising Sun, if you know the lyrics, like, mm, not so good. But we're going to redeem the song this morning. Okay? So are you ready, Paul? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. You guys sang more than the other services, so. Okay, now uh, we're going to do Gilligan's Island. Is that right? <clears throat> Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Was blind, but now I see. Okay, good. All right. All right. Now we're going to try. Now we're going to try uh, Green Sleeves. It probably is a little tune you're used to hearing in church more. Thank you. We'll be here all day. So. Okay, so people are familiar with the words of that song, especially the first verse, right? Uh, but if you press people and say, what is grace? What does it mean? What's your definition of it? And how does it impact your lives? A lot of people wouldn't be able to, they kind of hem and haw and stammer and, and try to throw out something. But if you become familiar and grasp the true understanding of grace and how incredibly amazing it really is, it will change your life. 
not just for eternity, but on a day-to-day basis. We're working through uh, some of the Psalms this summer, and we come to a Psalm which illustrates God's grace in a powerful way. Psalm 121. Now, there are a lot of uh, textbook definitions of grace I could throw out there, like uh, something that manifested grace or manifested favor or use the word vouchsafement. I, you know, who uses that word now? But for purposes this morning, we're going to define it in a couple different ways in plain English. One way that I like to think of is, and I've used this before, is, is grace, God's riches at Christ's expense, you know? God's riches, his blessings, his, his, his presence in our lives, his, his faithfulness, his goodness, uh, all sorts of things available to us at Christ's expense. He dies for us. He, and with faith, we put our faith in him. We, we experience those blessings. Uh, another way to put it is God's uh, grace is God's undeserved kindness to his people. Uh, the doctrine of grace states that God treats us better than we deserve to be treated. I can resonate with that. Psalm 103 says he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Ephesians 2, Paul writes this, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Now, God's grace, of course, is extended to us most importantly and powerfully uh, through salvation, the gift of salvation, Right? We believe and teach that we're sinners in need of grace, that we fall short in many areas and many points in our lives, and, and we don't have an answer for our problems. We don't have an answer for the guilt and the shame we carry around, and that God sees this. He sends His Son, Jesus, who dies in our place, and we put our trust in Him. We're saved. That's, that's grace. That's saving grace. What a wonderful gift. But there's also a sense of grace that is on a daily basis. Grace that God extends to us each step of our lives. And that's the kind of grace that we're going to focus on this morning. Now, this is one of the few psalms that probably wasn't written by King David. Some people think it was written by King Hezekiah. It's a beautiful song of God's grace over us. Let's let's listen to it again. It's real short, so I'm going to read it again. And listen for notes of God's grace as I read it. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and and forevermore. Now, did you, did you notice the recurring phrase there? Watch over. Five times. This is what God does. He watches over us. We live in and through and by His grace. His gracious presence. His help, His support, His forgiveness. His, his grace, His blessings. And this psalm, is, Psalm 121, is written from the perspective of a, of a pilgrim who is on a journey to Jerusalem. And he's traveling there most likely to, to worship and make sacrifices at the temple and, and to be with God's people. There were certain times of the year when they would do that. People from all over Israel would do that. And, it, and this traveler believes that he's not taking this journey by himself. He, he believes that God is with him as he journeys together. In today's sense, you think of it as he's taking a road trip. He's road tripping with God. 
And this traveler expects that in the course of his journey, he's going to face stressful situations, obstacles, things when things pop up and don't go like he expected or want once. But he affirms his faith that God is watching over him and will take care of him. Likewise, in our journey through life, God is with us each step of the way. He's for us. He's watching over us. As we look at the symbolism of these verses in Psalm 121, I want you to notice three crucial areas of life in which we can count on God's help. First, God watches over you when life is uncertain. The psalm begins, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? Some translations, instead of hills, they say mountains. I kind of like that because I I love mountains. I love spending time in the mountains. And the psalmist was referring to this mountainous, hilly area of Jerusalem, the ultimate destination that he's going to. And now, if you've been in mountains, and I'm sure all of you have at some point, they're beautiful, right? Especially from a distance. You get into them, they're beautiful. But, But just because they're beautiful doesn't mean they're always safe, right? There's a high elevation. There's hypothermia. There's rocks and cliffs and all sorts of, you can get lost. All sorts of things can happen to you in the mountains, So there's physical dangers. And this psalmist would have faced those things. But on top of that, he faces physical dangers from other people. Because there were bandits who would have hidden out in the mountains. They knew when these pilgrimages were happening, right? So they would have have hidden out waiting to, uh, to attack travelers and rob them, maybe even kill them on the journey. And so the psalmist begins, my help comes from the Lord the maker of heaven and earth. In other words, he's saying these mountains are impressive. They're a little bit dangerous, yes, but they don't scare me because the one who made these mountains, that God, he's watching over me. He's traveling with me. Next he says in verse 3, he will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. In other words, God has made a 24-hour day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, around-the-clock commitment to his people to journey with us, to take care of us, to, to watch over us. Now, we all know that the mountains of life cannot be avoided. There are times when it's smooth and level, but there are times when we run into obstacles and difficulties, uncertainties of life, but we can face them with the assurance that God He is taking care of us. Our help comes from him. Now, does that mean that nothing bad can ever happen to us as God's people? In a sense, yes. But not in the sense that we typically think of it. God has made a beautiful promise in Scripture that we should cling to no matter how uncertain or difficult things are in life. The Apostle Paul wrote, And we know that in all things God works for the good, of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. The future is uncertain. We don't know what will happen from day to day. We can plan, we can predict, we can hope and dream, we can organize, but we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Sometimes the next day will be pleasant and good. Sometimes it will be unpleasant and difficult, even bad. Yet through it all, we have God's promise that no matter what happens, on our journey, it will be ultimately worked out for our good and for his glory if we put our trust in him. That's, that's grace at work in our lives. God watches on. The psalmist writes, The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day. 
You know, some people might say, it's, it's not the uncertainties of the future that bother me so much. I worry about today because I have realities today that are difficult. The, the difficult things of life are happening to me now. You know, the week before last, I uh, went on family vacation, and uh, Nancy's family every five years has this big family reunion. She's one of ten kids, and so there's 100 people in the family, and it was huge. It was a lot of fun. But one of the things I do before I leave on vacation is I, I try to plan to get a little pleasure reading in. I mean, I do a lot of reading as part of what I do here. But I, I, you know, I, I don't really get a chance to read for pleasure. And so I go to the library, and I'll usually pick up three or four books, uh, kind of a mixture of fiction or nonfiction, and some bestsellers or books have been recommended to me. Uh, I have a list, you know, and, and, once, and I'll usually pick up this kind, of, this kind of wing one. Okay, that looks interesting. I'll grab it. And that's what I did. One of the books that I picked up at the last minute, I just glanced at the cover, looked at the inside for 30 seconds. The library was closing. I'll take that one. And I'm glad I did. It's called I'll Push You. I will. I'll Push You. Um, and it's, it's a pretty easy read, but it's an inspiring read. It's about two guys who have been best friends since they were young kids in Idaho. They did everything together. Everything together. And, they, and, and, uh, and their, their friendship continues into their 40s, and they're both married with kids. Uh, they vacation together some. They travel together. They visit each other. And, but the long and short of it is that as Justin moves into a young adulthood, he contracts a neurological disease kind of like related to ALS, but progresses much more slowly. And it begins to attack his muscles. And by the time he's in his early 40s, when the book is written, he's wheelchair-bound and has really no movement except for his neck and his head. And Patrick and Justin's friendship has always involved adventure. And Justin is sitting in his chair one day watching PBS. And there's a, there's a documentary about the Camino de Santiago, which is an over 500-mile-long uh, trail through northern Spain that has been a pilgrimage for hundreds of years. And he gets this crazy idea that, hey, I should ask Patrick if we can do this together. He'll have to push me. I'm going to ask him if he's going to do it. And Patrick says yes. Everybody thinks they're crazy. It's impossible. They have to cross some mountain passes, pushing a wheelchair all together, 250 plus pounds. And yet they decide to do it. And as you read through the story, you see God providing Resources And people along the way when Patrick is too tired to push or to pull. And as you read their story, and they, you know, they, they, they make it to the end. And in fact, there's a film crew that followed them. There's a documentary about it. And there's a film coming out this, this fall. But as I read their story, it was amazing how at each step of the way, they both saw God's grace at work on a daily basis. Providing resources, sending people, providing food, providing a, 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 a nicer day temperature-wise or whatever. And his help was made available to them through a variety of circumstances. Toward the end of their journey, Justin writes about how the journey did many things for him. Taught him to trust and rely on other people and all sorts of things. But perhaps the most important was the lesson God taught him about God's provision and his grace. That God was there each step of the way through the good, but most importantly, through the bad, the difficult, and the seemingly impossible circumstances that's how god's grace works in our lives even when we go through the heat he makes it bearable by providing as the psalmist writes shade at your right hand now we understand as kansans what it is to experience heat you know these last couple days of last couple weeks have been pretty hot and uh you know i was thinking the other day uh yesterday i I had a busy day i had a funeral in the morning and a wedding in the afternoon. You don't want to get those messed up. But at a funeral in the morning, a wedding in the afternoon, both celebrations of life. Celebration of two young people beginning their lives together and a celebration of an older man who was a saint and really loved the Lord. 
And we went to the cemetery after the, the, the it was late morning. And uh, there are a couple shade trees on the outside edge. But, of course, I'm the pastor. I, I'm by the grave. And I'm wearing a suit. It's hot. It's really hot. But we finished the ceremony. And then I stepped back to let the family visit and greet each other. And I stepped into the shade. And it just was this, this huge relief. The temperature was the same under the tree as it was outside the tree. But the shade made all the difference. It made the heat tolerable and, and bearable. It was, it, was, it, was, it was like a gift. And, and that's what God does for us. Sometimes he takes us out of the heat. But sometimes he leaves us in the heat for whatever reason. But he will provide shelter to help you bear it. That's grace. That's God watching over you, providing shade at your right hand when the heat is on. The third thing I want you to notice is God watches over you in your darkest hours. The sun will not harm you by day, the psalmist writes, nor the moon by night. Now, we, we know how the sun can harm us, right? Heat stroke, dehydration, sunburn, all those things. The moon, how, the, how can the moon hurt us, right? I mean, if the moon is up and it's bright, it gives you light in the darkness. Well, he's, he's speaking poetically or symbolically. We really have nothing to fear from the moon, but he's referring to the darkness of our fears, our loneliness, the darkness of our pain. The darkness we experience when the doctor uses the word cancer. Or, or the darkness we fear when and feel when our spouse uses the word divorce. The darkness we fear when a child admits to a, a drug problem or being pregnant, when somebody close to us dies, or when we fight a losing battle with sin that we just can't seem to get a handle on. Those events and more bring darkness into our lives, fear and panic and regret and guilt and shame. But it's in those times that God's grace continues, yes, to watch over us. In the book of Romans, Paul wrote these words. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. The author of Psalm 121 made his journey with the assurance that even in the darkest hours of the night, that God would be there with him, watching over him, guiding him safely. That is grace at work in our lives. You know, pop culture over the years, there's been a lot of songs written uh, about their view of God, uh, some of them more helpful than others. Um, we, we, most of us have heard the song From a Distance by Bette Midler. And the chorus says, God is watching us. God is watching us from a distance. And there's a lot of truth in that, but it's not accurate completely. God is watching us, but it's not from a distance. He's right there with you. He's not observing you through a telescope as you face uncertainties in life. He's not peering at you through a satellite when you're going through the heat and fiery trials of life. He's with you, offering you shade and relief. He's not watching you from a remote heaven as you face the darkest hours of your life. He is with you, right there with you. And even the darkest hour cannot harm you. The psalmist concludes with these verses. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. He says you're coming and going. In other words, the day-to-day -day rituals of your life. As you go to school, go to work, go to home, go to wherever, go to the restaurant, go to the ball game. He's watching over you. And he wants to be your source of help 
your source of strength, and he will be as we turn to him. It's called amazing grace. Because God in his infinite goodness treats us far better than we deserve. Do you want to experience his grace in your life? Do you want to live with the assurance that that he is watching over you? Simply ask. Ask. Give your life to Jesus. Ask for his help. Ask for his forgiveness. Ask for his help. Ask for his strength. And trust and rely and know that he is with you each step of the way. God is watching over you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love for us and we're grateful for your word. And Lord, we thank you for this psalm that was penned a long time ago. And yet its words are relevant and true today. Lord, we thank you that you are a God who does provide grace, a God of incredible, amazing grace. The grace that we have through faith in Jesus, the forgiveness, the promise of heaven, the healing, the hope of the resurrection. But also along with this, Lord, there is the daily grace that you give us, the blessings of family and friends and of of health and of work and resources and a church family and the beauty of your creation and opportunities and creativity, all these things, Lord, we, we thank you for your blessings of grace. And Lord, in the midst of the journey of life, we know that you're with us each step of the way, that you road trip with us, that you're always watching over us, that you're for us and that you're with us. And that there is absolutely nothing in this world or out of this world that can separate us from the love that we have through faith in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. We offer ourselves to you in Jesus' name.